0: Hope and hurt, they walk hand in hand. We're starting this new year with some songs to inspire us, to help us on this journey. We've talked about the confidence to begin something new, yet also the need to confess. And isn't it good to bring hope along for the journey? And the Psalms are songs that are going to speak a lot to this theme. So in Psalm 126, there is this powerful word of hope, yet it's also naming the hurt, because I believe that hope and hurt walk hand in hand. I was in college, and I was walking with a friend, and we were, we were pretty good pals, but on this night was a night where we were starting to just connect a little more. His name was Aaron we were walking and, and talking and, you know, we were talking about sports, we were talking about music, we were talking about theater, we were, you know, we were talking about our classes, we were, we were talking about girls, whatever, you know, and um, this is approaching Valentine's Day, it was actually the, you know, kind of the night before. And, you know, I knew Aaron pretty well, I knew his girlfriend really well, we were in a lot of the same classes together, and... Uh, you know, he was talking about some of his Valentine's Day plans for his Valentine. I did not have a Valentine because the girls in my college didn't realize the catch that I was <laughs> back then. There was just something. You ever have those conversations with someone where, where you're just connected on a deeper level and, and you're just you're enjoying the night? Now, this was February and it was outside and it was cold, yet there was just this warmth of, of joy. And a girl walked by... And we come to that fork in the road and the sidewalk where his dorm was over here, my dorm was over there, and the girl that I knew was, was kind of in the section of dorms on campus where I was, and I knew she was going that way, so I was like, all right, bro, I'll see you later. I'm, I'm gonna walk this girl back to her dorm. And I had this impression that was like, now stay, stay and talk with your friend. And I ignored that, and I walked with this girl. And the next day, Aaron drove into Lexington to pick up flowers for his Valentine, and he got in a car accident. And so the students on campus found out, and we went to the chapel to pray. And we held sort of an all-night prayer vigil. You know, I, I don't remember ever praying as hard or as long in my life. It was through the night, and we were weeping and, and crying out to God. Aaron died. He was 19 years old. I was 21. And there was a part of me that wanted that as my faith was shaken, to let it go. To say, you yeah, know, he's a good guy, you know. His poor girlfriend, you know, his poor family. And I felt a lot of pain, a lot of hurt towards God. And I wonder, how, how do we walk forward from moments of tragedy? How do we live as a people of hope in the midst of pain and hurt? In the New Testament, Peter writes to a persecuted church in his letters, known as, right, First Peter, and he's writing to fellow believers that he, he's never met before that are going through a rough time. And he begins to talk about this thing called living hope. Look what he says here. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to stop there for just a moment because Peter, at the time of which he is writing this, they would call this a prison epistle or prison letter, which means he's either in exile, he's in hiding, or he is literally in prison right now writing these things down, and he's taking this moment in the midst of his hurt and his pain to share and to encourage and to share hope with other people. And in his pain, he praises. That's, probably, that's, that's hard to do, honestly. That's why we need to be reminded of it sometimes. It may not be natural for us in the midst of our pain to praise. That's why we remember that Peter has to encourage us sometimes and, and to praise, praise God Why? Because, you know, I'm feeling pain. I'm feeling hurt right now. I'm feeling hopeless. But remember, in God's great mercy, we're given new birth into living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Here's the, the good news about resurrection is that there's hope and there's life. Do you know what the bad news about resurrection is? There's death. Yeah, look, in order to understand the hope of resurrection, you walk through the hurt, the separation, the pain of death. Think of what Peter experienced as Jesus died, yet was resurrected. The hope of which Peter is encouraging the church and would be encouraging us with today is this message of mercy to remember, to praise God, that even through the pain of death itself, it will never have the final word, hope, life, tomorrow. That's what, that's what resurrection speaks to, is that there is a tomorrow. There is a hope for you and me. That, that is the final word. So in the midst of our pain, we praise. In the midst of our hurt, we hope. Because hurt and hope walk hand in hand. And in the Psalm 126, the Psalm of Hope, it begins when the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion. If you have your Bibles with you, and if you look at that, you'll see a footnote. Now, sometimes I know when I read a book, you know, especially during school, if I see a footnote, I'll glance down real quick, and I want to just keep reading. But whenever I see a footnote in the Bible, I always like to kind of look down and say, What's that for? And it says sometimes that it's also interpreted this way. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion. So we might think about a restoring of the fortune in in one mind, yet also the bringing back of the captives to Zion is, for me, that speaks a little bit differently. And I want to remind you that sometimes even in the midst of songs of hope, there must be an acknowledgement that hope and hurt walk hand in hand. We have to remember that our tomorrows will be based on the todays. And look, you can't acknowledge be fully present with who you are or where you are today unless you're willing to look back to yesterday and to name that hurt. That's the power Of that phrase living hope not only this great juxtaposition of life and death of of death and and resurrection but also that living hope this hope meets everyday life and in life we have hurt and in life we have pain we live with hope in the midst of it because they're going to walk hand in hand so that's why i remember i shared with you this past summer You probably don't remember. That's okay. It was this past summer. But I talked about when in the Lord's Prayer, there's this call to understand, give us this day our daily bread, that within that series of the prayer, there is an acknowledgement of the present, of the past, and of the future in that prayer. And in order to appreciate or to understand what God has for us in this thing called daily bread, are we willing to go back into the past? Forgive us. Forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses as we have forgiven those who have trespassed against us. It's a yesterday language. It's a past language. It's a language that says, I have to go back and deal. I have to talk about that hurt, the hurt that I received or maybe even the hurt that I caused. Did you ever notice that hurting people hurt people? So we, 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 we look at that. We talk about that stuff. The psalmist is saying, there was a time when we were in exile. There was a time when they look back to the Exodus. There was a time when they look back to the yesterdays to be able to name what they went through as the people of God, to name all that they'd experienced, but also to give a word of hope that yes, you may have just a seed-size amount of hope that you are literally Planting that you're going to sow, and the thing that will nourish it, the thing that will help it to come to life will be your very tears. Your tears will be the water that will bring this seed of hope to life. I know sometimes we, we talk about laughter and we talk about joy, and, and those, are, those are good things. Sometimes those things are not necessarily the natural responses. That's why with hope, in the midst of hurt or pain, we're invited to praise or, or to laugh, because sometimes if you don't laugh, you'll cry. You know, my uncle passed away uh, just a couple weeks ago. We had the memorial service uh, two weeks ago, and it was a moment of tears. It was also a moment of laughter, right? I'm, I'm sure you're aware of this, where you go and you feel pain and hurt and loss, Yet our faith stirs or maybe we tell a story or we think of something where we remember and and we laugh. So one person could share a story where it makes us think deeply and reflect about that person's legacy or their life of love in our lives. and Then another person could tell a story where it's like, oh, I remember that. That was funny. That's that's life. There's going to be days when you you laugh and you have joy and there's going to be days when you cry. And those tears can still be the nourishment of what the psalmist then describes, a sheave. And that's kind of like weird language, a bundle. Think about the difference, the contrast between a few single seeds and yet coming back after a harvest with a bundle, with, with a bunch of stuff, with that which you may sow in tears you will harvest with joy. A sheave, a bundle, a whole bunch that's hope. That's hope. So as you're walking through what you're walking through today, the pain that you're feeling, the hurts that you're feeling, this is a message of hope, not just, hey, come on, it's just going to get better. No, but it's in the midst of all of that, the deepness, the hurt of everything that you're walking through, there's still hope. I don't say that in the way of just Let's look on the bright side of life, or let's just have a, a, a dream or a long-filled long, long filled hope. Let, let, let's talk about the realness of everydayness of life, and if we can get to those places, we have to acknowledge that living hope will meet the everydayness of our ups and downs. Now, Peter is writing about living hope, and there's a story in Acts chapter 12. I'm not going to read the whole story for you, but let's just take a look at the setting of which happens in Acts chapter 12 with Peter. Now, it was about this time within the church that King Herod, not the Herod of the Christmas story, it's his grandson. Violence runs in the family, by the way. He he arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. Now, he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. Now, do you remember the fishermen, the sons of Zebedee, James and John? They were good pals with Peter and Andrew, the brothers as well so now jesus whenever he would like go and do some things often he'd always take with him peter james and john it's that james that james a close friend of jesus close friend of peter he dies now when herod saw that this met with approval amongst the people he proceeded to seize peter also And this happened during the festival on the leavened bread. So Herod has now landed him the biggest fish of all the apostles. Now he arrested Peter. He put him in prison, handed him over to the guards. You have four guards, squads, four soldiers each. Uh, Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. It goes on to tell the story about how an angel comes and wakes Peter up. And causes the chains to fall off and leads him out of his prison cell down the street And then Peter sort of wakes up from this vision and goes to the house where the church, where people are praying and He knocks on the door and the servant girl named Rhoda comes up and he, he's knocking She sees that it's Peter and then doesn't even let him in the house runs to tell the church Peter's outside Rhoda, yo, open the door so so and here's what here's what the church does and this is what i love so much about the human experience about how the story of jesus has come to us through the honesty of who we are as people they're like uh it ain't him that ain't peter you're silly girl that ain't peter peter's in jail you're praying for peter aren't you and they say no 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 it's really him it's really him and then they're like, oh, poor thing, poor girl. It's his angel. He's died. And what happens is that eventually, you know, they come to their senses and Peter is brought into the house. He's brought into the house and he's like, hey, okay, tell, tell the church, tell the church that I'm out. And then he goes into hiding. And it's probably during this period of hiding that he writes this letter about a living hope. We don't really know where Peter is going to land until he lands again in a prison where he's killed as well. So in, in this wonderful story about a miracle, about God's, you know, allowing the chains to fall off and that Peter might be escaped from prison it is, is also mixed with, and I don't know if you've noticed this before, the death of James. So, so much I want to talk about the miracle of Peter's miraculous escape from prison But in that story, I can't get past that the church would have been feeling. What are they feeling when James is put to the sword and now Peter is in prison? It shows that hope and hurt walk hand in hand. And I I don't know if you noticed this before, but if you're like, if God can cause Peter to escape from prison, why couldn't, why couldn't, why couldn't God allow for James? Not to be put to death by the sword. That's the fullness of the human experience and the mystery of this thing that we called life. I don't know if you're like wanting to have like a, a moment of crisis of faith where you're saying, I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening here. I know in our pain that's what we do. We can forget to hope. Forget to dream again. And again, let's let's forget that that bifurcation, the, the, the separation, that binary of it's this or it's this. It's either hurt or it's hope. Hope and hurt will walk hand in hand. They always are together. It's just, that's the good news, that in the midst of that hurt comes hope. And I feel like we can understand hope a little bit better, not because nothing bad has ever happened, but because indeed we've walked through the valley, we've experienced the pain, we know how to name the hurt, we've shed the tears, yet we also know how to laugh. I was doing the repass, I think is what they call it, it's the time when you walk by the casket. He was so young, he was 19 years old. And I was there, I was next to my friend Clay. Now, Clay, Clay was very fashionable. Clay was like the most stylist, you know, he just had great clothes. He, out of all of our friends, he just knew how to dress really well. I was wearing the same wrinkled shirt in college like everywhere. So, so he, he's there, and I'm standing there next to Clay, and we're, we're, we're crying. We're just, we're broken hearted. And we go up to the casket, and I'm there with my friend Clay. And we take a moment to pray and to look at our friend again. And we've heard you know, a great message about resurrection and hope in the college chapel. We're reminded of, of the life that he is now living. And we were crying. And then Clay started to laugh. <laughs> and he, he tried to hide it. And I'm like, what are you, what, what are you doing? He says, He's wearing my shoes. <laughs> he's wearing my shoes. And, and we just looked and we were, you know, because Clay was so stylish, Aaron went to Clay and said, hey, I've got a Valentine's date. Can I borrow your shiny shoes? And Clay realized, I'm not, I'm not getting my shoes back. <laughs> and I said, Clay, do you think they'll notice if we, and he's like, stop it, stop it. And so we laughed, and then we cried some more. You know, we went and had a lunch, or, or you know, throughout the rest of that semester, throughout the rest of, uh, of those years, you know, we would, we would cry, and, but we, we'd laugh, and we'd talk about how Clay's never getting those shoes back again. And I'd go to the campus now, and if I walked... There, I, you know, there's, I don't necessarily go back to my dorm, or I don't want to go to where I had my classes. Maybe I want to go visit the college chapel. such a beautiful place. But I always go. We planted a tree. I always go to the tree that we planted in memory of Aaron. And I'm reminded that sometimes we will sow a seed with our very tears. But that may very well be the tree. That will give shade for a new generation to sit under. How will you take your hurt, nourished with your own tears? And how will hope help you produce a harvest of laughter and joy? Whatever you're feeling today, just be reminded, hurt and hope walk hand in hand. Let us pray. Lord, we know that you're a comfort, a provider, one who cares for us as we cast our cares upon you because you love us. We want to be a people of hope, yet we might be also walking through pain and hurt. We may have lost faith at times. We may be be hard to hope again. We just pray, Lord, that this powerful scripture about the fullness of life with our tears and with our laughter, with our joy and with our heartache, with hope and with hurt, as we remember yesterday and the pain that we might have felt, that today we might be able to live. And if we can understand what it's like to live today, help us to hope. Help us to dream again. For you are one who restores our fortunes, who have brought us back, who have comforted us in the midst of our loss and have healed us, in our pain, and in our hurt. So we hope. We hope and we believe and we dream again. We take confidence in your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.